It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Today's episode is sponsored by Swan Lake Overlook. Swan Lake Overlook is a luxurious wedding and event venue located in the North Georgia mountains of Dawsonville, Georgia. Swan Lake is characterized by its impressive exterior overlooking the lake with an elegant fountain backdrop. The architectural elements showcase a timeless elegance combining classic and modern aesthetics. And my favorite part of Swan Lake is that it is home to a group of eclectic animals from fairy tale deer to alpacas, emus, donkeys, horses, and of course, swans. Guys, this place is amazing. And if you or you know someone looking for a unique wedding or event venue, contact them by visiting swanlakeoverlook.com and let them know you heard about them on the Purposeful Women of God podcast. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to dive into the episode today. But before we do, we are now three weeks into the new year. Right. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Um, so three <laughs> weeks in, and I know you had talked about doing this 365 hard challenge, right? Right. So how's it going? Really well. So, so far, I'm sticking to my Bible reading, my prayer time. I've worked out every single day. I'm so proud um, of myself. I get Tabitha's notifications on my watch when she completes (laughs) a workout. And I look at it, and I just roll my eyes. I'm like, whatever, go Tabitha. It's like like, 9 o'clock at night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like doing nothing, and then she's like killing it. I'm like, Well, here is what I need help on, though. (laughs) I'm drinking my water. I'm working out. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself for doing that. Yes. But my eating habits, I think, have gotten worse. So last night, I made your famous two-ingredient biscuits. Actually, I didn't make them. Maddie made them, and they turned out so good with fried cube steak. Oh, yeah. Gravy, mac and cheese, green beans. It was, and I ate it all. Hey, it was all. I ate a couple of biscuits. I'm not going to lie. It was all homemade. And look, I'm just going to tell you, I honestly think it does not matter what you eat if you make it at home. Okay? Because, well, and let me just tell you, I lived on sweets for I don't know how long after having my COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's pretty much all I ate because that's all I could eat. And I never, but I didn't eat constantly. Like, I wasn't constantly eating. Yeah. But when I did eat, it was junk. And I didn't gain weight. So it's all about, you know, Well, that was my moderation. dinner. I didn't tell you about the junk that I <laughs> ate before that. You know, because I can't eat after eight. So then I feel You're like, to, oh, yeah. I've got to eat. I've got to eat. You know, <laughs> I can't eat past eight o'clock. Like but, I'm in there at 10 o'clock with a, some Oreos and milk. Like, yeah, I've not done that. So I've not eaten or after eat a bowl o'clock. of cereal. At I've stuck to it night. all. But this is what I need help on. And maybe our listeners can help me with this is... I am a picky eater. Well, yeah, same. I don't like a lot of greens. Same. 
I know yep. I know I need to change my eating habits on this, but maybe yep. y'all can send us some recipes of healthy meals that are for picky eaters. I don't Does know. That exist? No, and that's <laughs> been the hardest thing for me because when I go and even look at what people are eating, I'm like, oh, I don't like any I don't, of that. I'm not eating that. I don't eat nuts. I don't so I don't do almond milk anything because to me it tastes like nuts. I just so there's yeah. a lot of things that we're the same. We're picky. We we just like basic yeah. stuff. I don't like anything fancy. I'm not, I'm not a gonna vegetable eat kale. person. No. <laughs> I'm really not a vegetable person. Like I like I green beans. Like I like green beans. I'll eat a salad. And that's about it. I will eat a salad. I like asparagus. But I mean lettuce does nothing not. good for you. So I mean um, yeah, asparagus. especially my iceberg lettuce, you know. Yeah, I that's what I'm to... saying. That doesn't do like if you were eating spinach or something. But even that's like so leafy, I feel like I'm eating a leaf. I don't know. I I'm the same. I'm so picky. Yeah. It's been hard for me to because I know just eating better is better for my gastroenteritis, whatever I have with my stomach, like it's all would be better if I ate better, but I don't like a lot of things. I know. And then I'm so like, do do? okay, do I stay miserable you just and don't eat, eat stuff that I don't like? Or like they say sometimes like it? your palate will get accustomed to it. Yeah, mine hasn't. But you know, it's like when people drink beer, I'm like, <laughs> that stuff is nasty. I took one sip one time and was like, Bleh. but you keep drinking it until you acquire a taste I don't for know. it. Like uh, nasty. No, I'm not going to keep, mm-mm. I'm not going to keep <laughs> eating kale until I like it. Yeah, I'm not either. Can't do it. Oh, well. But it's the same with my kids. I feel bad because I don't like the stuff. So I don't force my kids to eat probably the best. Yeah. I'm the same way. And that's why, and I've said this before, because of my eating habits, I I can actually probably blame my parents for this, which yeah. as a kid, I appreciated they didn't make me eat the stuff right. that I didn't like, but my parents were very picky. So yeah, I know, you know well, I ate what they My ate. mom and your mom grew up only eating biscuits, biscuits and gravy <laughs> and gravy. And I mean, they, they didn't have anything and if they even got chips from the store like it was that was a, a big deal yeah. you know they didn't have a lot of things in the house so I can't blame them that they didn't have a broad taste palette I guess yeah. my dad introduced my mom to everything I mean she had never had Arby she had never had nothing like that until my dad came along and took her to all these different yeah. places yeah so I don't know it is what it is we need some help we did, yeah. So if you're listening and you're a picky eater, but you're a healthy eater, send us some yeah, recipes. Yeah, let us know because we don't know how to navigate that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we finished up 1 Corinthians chapter 1 last week discussing the foolishness of the cross and how the world won't understand why we as believers do some of the things that we do. We compared and contrasted human wisdom versus divine wisdom. And Paul continues his letter to the church of Corinth in chapter two, helping them to realize the power and wisdom that they have access to as believers in Christ. And that's where we'll begin today, reading 1 Corinthians chapter two. So let's begin by reading verses one through five. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, 
that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So that very first verse where he says, I came to you not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have never related to Paul (laughs) more than how I feel some days on this. You know, anytime that you put yourself in a vulnerable position, you can definitely feel inadequate, unworthy, unintelligent at times. And I feel like, Ashley, you and I have probably experienced some of those feelings as we record this podcast. Yeah, and I was like you when I read that first verse. Never has it resonated with me as much as it did now since we've been doing this. Right. And here's what we know. There are people out there that have podcast shows that are smarter, more intelligent than us. Um, those whose words just roll off their tongue eloquently. And that's just not us. Because if you were in the studio with us day in and day out, you would see that um, I stumble on my words we a all, lot. We both do. <laughs> There's some editing that goes into yeah. it. So there are many people that you could definitely listen to each week that would present to you more thought-provoking wisdom than we ever could. But we also understand that there are a lot of people, women in particular, that have a lot of seemingly good things to say, but are not biblical. Mm -hmm. And they're delivering a message that contradicts the word of God. And our goal here is to accompany your Bible study, to encourage you and equip you in a way that you are not falling prey to lavish words and human knowledge, but recognizing what aligns with scripture. Just as Paul experienced, We have had fear and weakness and trembled at the thought of ministering to people with our words, but God has called all of us to face our fears and to tap into the power and wisdom that he has already given us through his Holy Spirit. So for you listening, you may not have a podcast platform or you may not teach Sunday school, but we have all been called as believers to share the gospel and to be ready to give an answer to anyone that asks. So I encourage you not to allow your fear to hold you back from being a bold witness for Christ. That's right. And I often, I'm kind of on the shyer spectrum when it comes to just talking to people. I guess I'm more of an introvert until I get to know somebody. Mm -hmm. And so, but I heard somebody say the other day, and I don't know if it was on a podcast or what I was listening to, but they said, God didn't call anybody to be shy. So just because you're shy, it's not an excuse. Yeah, that's true. To not share the gospel. And I can't remember where I heard it because it was so good and it spoke to me and I'm like, okay, I hear you. I see it. So I guess the, (laughs) the thought of that then is... For some people, it's just going to come easier. Yes. But for some people, you have to cultivate you have that to work in your at it. life. And you have to pray about it. And you have to say, hey, get break me through my shyness, you know, because I'm not the best right. conversation starter, you know. So well, that is a little so hard for me. Our study the other week in Sunday school was talking about our prayers to God and that sometimes we need to quit praying about things like, Sharing the gospel with people because that is a command. Right. We're told to do do that. that. Now, I can pray and say, Lord, will you please um, bring someone into my path? Right. But it's not, God, if it's your will for me to witness to someone today. Because we already know that that's his will. That's already his will. (laughs) Yeah. That's the Great Commission, right? Yes. (laughs) So, and it's just, I can't help but think about, you know, Moses when mm-hmm. God spoke to him in the burning bush and he had so many insecurities. Like, why me, Lord? You yeah. know, why? So I'm reminded, I just wanted to read Exodus 4, um, just a few verses, starting with verse 10. 
And it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or that seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. So as you saw, he was insecure in his speech. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. thought that maybe he had some sort of speech impediment or, you know, a stutter or something like that. But God used him to deliver his people out of bondage in Egypt. Right. And, you know, in our fear, in our weakness, and in our trembling, that's when God is strong and made known. And that goes back to the end of chapter one. If we were confident and prideful in the areas of being bold and a witness for Christ, then we would tend to give credit back to ourselves. Look what I did. Oh, I spoke to this person Mm -hmm. and they received salvation. You know, but when we humble ourselves and realize our inadequacies, we glory in the Lord and give him credit for working through us. In our weakness, we realize that we need help from the Holy Spirit. And we can't boast in the wisdom of man but in the power of God. Listen, if you want to know calculus or physics or anything like that, I'm not your person. And I really don't think Ashley is either. (laughs) Tapping out. Nope. (laughs) But it's so funny because I've been subbing some at my kid's school. And, you know, I've considered myself a pretty intelligent person. You know, I made good grades in school. I graduated with a decent GPA average in college. Um, I worked in the corporate world and was managing a bank at 25 years old or a branch of a bank at 25 years old. And I have found myself, look, I just right then I was boasting a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, look at what I've done. Um, But now that I've gone back to (laughs) elementary school, I have never felt dumber. Mm -mm. I'm like, I'm trying to teach basic math and I'm like, guys, Look, I'm struggling here. Okay, the other day, pace pace was kind of math has not been pace's strongest subject. Mm-hmm. It was never mine, never mine. And so, misaccounted. <laughs> it's completely different. I tell people I can account all day long, <laughs> but it's so different than just regular math. Like I don't know, addition, subtraction, division, multiplication is all I need. Yeah, and I have a calculator. Um. But he was doing long division. And for the life of me, I could not remember how to do long division by hand. And I was like, and he was struggling. And I'm like, okay, he's got a test tomorrow. So I had to teach it. I had to look up a YouTube video and teach it to myself again. Yeah, so I taught it to myself again and taught it to him. And he ended up making an A on the test. So I was like, yay. But I felt really stupid when my fourth grader, and I'm like, mm do my best. I'll, do I'll my try. Best. But but, yes. and, and we don't, we didn't learn it the same way that they're learning it no, either. That's true. That's true. And it's so I different. have to relearn it the way that he's being taught or I confuse him even more. Right. I so, have noticed that too. It's different. But so here is the thing. We're not going to be your person to go to for any of those crazy hard math questions, but you want me to share about the power of God and what yeah. I've seen him do? Let's talk yep. and let's give him credit all day long. And You know, Ashley and I have seen this firsthand. We've seen chains of addiction broken, homes that were about to be um, torn apart, Mm -hmm. restored, relationships mended, sick people that have been healed, that were on the verge of death, Um, unexplainable comfort and peace during tragic times. Like, I've seen the power of God work in those situations and more. And I don't know how God does it. 
I can't explain to you how all of how he works everything out for his good, but I have witnessed and experienced it. And no matter how afraid we are, God has given us the power and wisdom to share with others of all that he's done. So don't be afraid to share it. That's right. I don't know why we're so afraid. I mean, I don't know. And I'm not just talking to people listening, like even myself, it's easy for us to come in this room, chat with one another and put it out there and just hope that it's okay. But you put me the Mm -hmm. clerk at the grocery store or whatever. And I'm like, it's a lot easier to share too. I think with people who, you know, are believers, you just have that same talk and it's easier when you don't know it's, it makes it a little more like, Oh, what are they going to think about me type thing? Then we start that whole Yeah, you know, what are they going to think about me and stuff? But, you know, here's what we need to remember. It's not about our persuasive words or our human wisdom. It's about our willingness to share what we've seen and witness God and the Holy Spirit do. It's also our understanding that the power of God comes through faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Believing those things found in God's word, even though we don't always understand and have not seen yet. So let's look further at verses six through eight in first Corinthians chapter two. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The rulers and intelligent people of this world didn't understand the wisdom of God. If they had known, they would have realized that the man they crucified was Lord, and they would not have killed him. Paul mentions the mystery and hidden wisdom because the world doesn't understand this concept, as we talked about last week. It's why they think We're foolish for believing these things. (laughs) Yes. But as the saved, we can understand because the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. And we have the preserved word of God to teach us about the mysteries of God and what he allows us to understand in our finite minds. Um, Verse nine is one of my favorite verses. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You know, we did a whole series on the fruit that God gives us through his spirit. Things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (laughs) self-control. Those are all the things that are given to us here while we wait on his return, accompanied with hope. You know, that's something that we have. But even more than that, the splendor of heaven awaits us. You know, we've read this often, but John 14 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. A home in heaven awaits those that love the Lord. And heaven is described with gates of pearl and streets of gold. But more than anything, there will be no need for light because the presence of God himself will be there. What a blessed hope that we have for those who believe. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin, as well as perfect peace, love, and joy. All of that is prepared for believers. And that's really the mystery of it all, but we can understand that. And 
believe that because through his spirit, he has given us the understanding and the wisdom of all of that. That's right. And verse 10 says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Even though these ideas of the wisdom of God, those things that await us in heaven, the understanding of scripture, discernment, all of these things that we discuss won't make sense to the unbeliever. We're told that we can understand because the Holy Spirit reveals those things to us. And as you see, chapter two is a continuation from chapter one. You know, last week we discussed a lot how we believe can seem foolish to an unbeliever. You know, I talked about the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but Mm -hmm. words may never hurt me type thing. And how now as an adult, that statement seems very foolish. Right. And a lot of what we believe can seem foolish to an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. But chapter two helps us to understand what true divine wisdom is. So let's take a look at verses 11 through 14. They say, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So one commentator put it this way. The essential idea is that no man can know another, that his thoughts and designs can only be known by himself or by his own spirit, and that unless he chooses to reveal them to others, they cannot ascertain them. So of God, no man can penetrate his designs, and unless he chooses to make them known by his spirit, they must forever remain unscrutable to human view. In other words, God knows his own thoughts. The spirit as a third person of the Trinity knows God's thoughts as well. And unless God reveals his thoughts to us, we won't know them. That's where the Holy Spirit steps in and reveals the thoughts of God to us. But those who are lost, they don't have the spirit. So they do not and cannot understand spiritual things. And maybe you are saved and you're thinking, you're speaking Greek to me Mm -hmm. with this Holy Spirit stuff. We'll link in the show notes the direct link to the episode that we did on the Holy Spirit. So that way you can have an understanding in the basics and the purpose Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah, and I think it's also important for us to recognize verse 12 where it says that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You know, the the fact of it is, is we're not going to know everything. We don't Mm -hmm. know all of God's thoughts. You know, Ashley and I spend a lot of time together and I share a lot of my thoughts with her, but I don't share all of my thoughts with her. The same way with God, he reveals certain things to us, but there are things in the Bible that we would like to know, but God just didn't reveal them to us. You know, I just remember when we were studying the Christmas story, we would have loved to have known what happened to Joseph, but God didn't reveal that to us. And we talked about that. We don't know. Um, Think of the things like the resurrection. God doesn't reveal how it all happened, just that it happened. I don't understand how the Holy Spirit indwells all believers. I just know in faith that it does because I've experienced his conviction and guidance and comfort. We don't know all about heaven. 
We've read about its splendor and majesty, but we also understand that our minds can't comprehend all that awaits us. But in faith, I'll believe that it's all real. It all exists until the day my faith becomes sight. But so often we have access to the wisdom that God allows us to have. We're just not doing our part to utilize what has been freely given to us by the Spirit of God. And how do we get that? That requires some things on our part. We have to study His Word. We have to spend time in prayer, attending church to hear sermons that will convict and reveal things to us so that we can obtain knowledge and then put that knowledge into action through wisdom. Yeah, and verse 15 says, But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Hmm, wait a minute. I thought we weren't (laughs) supposed to judge. Right? That's what we're told, right? We're not supposed to judge anything. You can't judge me. What does the Bible say about that? We hear so many times that only God has the right to judge. But here in verse 15, it says that the spiritual judgeth all things. This is where we are called to have discernment. Discernment is the ability to choose between what is true and right and what is false and wrong. God gives us permission to evaluate things to look at them through a spiritual lens. And as a Christian, I have a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. I have the right to align myself with biblical beliefs and live in a way that honors those beliefs. I'm not going to surround myself with people that are living in sin. I love those people and I'll share the gospel with them, but I will not participate or subject myself to things that the Bible calls sin. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought about the war in Israel as believers, Bible believers, we know that there's always great spiritual significance when Israel is at war. Mm-hmm. So we, we view it through a spiritual lens. And this is also an election year. Oh man, it's an election year. Uh, <laughs> We're not, let's not talk about let's it. Let's not yet. talk about that right now. But you know, while we have the freedom to vote and we can vote for whoever we want to vote for, but I'm going to vote on who is more aligned with my spiritual Mm -hmm. beliefs. And sometimes my spiritual discernment applies to simple things, you know, like convicting me of a TV show Mm -hmm. or a movie I'm watching or a song I'm listening to. Right. I get that a lot, you know, or turning off a podcast or putting down a book I'm reading, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I I judge all of those things through a spiritual lens, but sometimes it is bigger things. It is mm-hmm. who's going to be our president, right. who, you know, certain big events happening in my life. So those things I can make judgment on, and I judge them through a spiritual lens. Mm-hmm. So we see in verse 15, it continues by saying, yet he himself is judged by no man. So what does that mean? While the spiritual person has the right and liberty to judge and discern The natural man has no right to judge or condemn the spiritual because they are living a life in sin. They have no discernment because the spirit does not live live within them. And I find that so many times, so many times, the majority of the people that will come at, oh, well, doesn't the Bible say judge not lest ye be judged? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're talking about Christians who are saying something or they always, and it's usually non-believers that are throwing that verse Mm -hmm. out at believers mm-hmm. and they, cause they just don't understand. They, they don't, don't understand un- right. the context. They of that don't verse. understand. And that is a great verse just to cherry pick yep. and just to, um, make excuse yep. for the way that I'm living. That's right. 
Um, and we've talked about the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Those are all things that we can discern in a person's life that is living for the Lord. That's right. Yeah. But in the same way that those are good characteristics, we can also discern characteristics of people living in sin. Right. And then we can, I'm not judging that person into, I'm condemning them no. to hell. Right. That's only God can do that. Right. But I can discern and judge of whether or not I'm going to participate in some of the yes. things that they participate, or I'm going to uh, listen to their advice right? because I know that they may be leading me astray. So mm-hmm. there is a sense of judgment when it comes right. to that. And we are given permission by God to judge those situations. But when it's talking about judging other people, you know, it's easy for me to say and look at someone and think, well, they they may not be saved. But ultimately, I am not the judge of their soul. That's right. But I can discern how they're living if they do have a relationship with Christ. That's right. And I am free to, to do that. You can judge based on the fruit. Based on the fruit, yes. But ultimately, their soul and their salvation is between them and God. I don't judge that. Right. But I can discern that in knowing, you know, what my relationship may be with that person. That's right. I don't know if all that makes sense, but it does in my head as as we're talking (laughs) about it. We'll see. Finally, chapter 2 ends in verse 16 by saying, For who hath known the mind of Christ or the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And that seems like quite a bold statement to say that we have the mind of Christ. But through the Holy Spirit, we do. Mm -hmm. No one can understand God. No one can fully comprehend his plans, his feelings, his views, his designs. No one by nature under the influence of sense and passion. But the Christian is influenced by God. He has the spirit. He has the mind of Christ who had the mind of God. He sympathizes with Christ. He has his feelings, desires, purposes, and plans. And I think that's really great to remember is that if the Holy Spirit is living within us, then we want to take on his characteristics. So we understand how he loves people. Mm -hmm. We understand how he has joy even in sorrow. You know, we can understand that because we do have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're supposed to daily be putting on the mind of Christ. I think so many people forget that, that that is a daily thing that we're supposed to be doing. Like Paul says, dying to ourselves daily. Exactly. So what's the purpose for this teaching today? Paul has spent a lot of time talking about wisdom. Yes. And we've spent a couple of episodes already talking about that. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he is urging the church to think biblically, not culturally when it comes to wisdom. He's changing the idea of what it means to be wise. As we said before, it's not the eloquence of speech. It's not necessarily the one with the most knowledge. The purpose is to recognize that wisdom is found in the one who submits to the Holy Spirit and allows the Lord to guide them and applies biblical truth to their daily decisions. I I was reading through verse 5, and Whitney Capp said, Oh, that we would seek to be wise more than we would seek to be right. Mm. And I read that, and I was like, (laughs) I've got to share that quote because that is so convicting. Like, our goal should be to honor the Lord in everything, not standing our ground to always be right on things. But so I think we're him. always trying to and prove ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Prove ourselves and what we think is right. But if we were seeking, we we're trying to prove God's wisdom in mm-hmm. his truth. We would boast in him. That goes yeah. back to we what we talked about him. last week. Yeah. JJ yeah. Packer said, not until we have become humble and teachable, standing in all of God's holiness and sovereignty 
acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down can divine wisdom become ours. Mm. So what's the challenge this week? Well, you know, I, I assume most of the time that we are talking to believers in Christ. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Utilize this amazing gift you have. Be bold in your faith. Follow the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, just as a little side note, the Holy Spirit will never, ever, Mm -hmm. ever, ever lead you to sin. So consider that as you are following guidance. You know, sometimes am I following the flesh or am I following the Holy Spirit? If it's leading you to sin, you are not following the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you tell me. It's definitely flesh. Yes. (laughs) You may not have the most eloquent words. You may not have scripture memorized or know all the stories of the Bible, but you have something very special, the Holy Spirit and a testimony. Don't ever be afraid to share with others what God has done for you. So my challenge is to take a bold step of faith And share your testimony, your own personal story of what God is doing in and through you with someone this week. I like that challenge. That's our challenge too. Yes. Share our testimony with somebody this week. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have several testimonies, right? It doesn't have to be just our salvation. Just our salvation story. We we can definitely glory in what God has done done. since salvation. That's Mm -hmm. right. So Tabitha, will you just dismiss us in a word of prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word once again. God, I pray that we would utilize the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have given us and that we would be bold in our faith, that we would follow you and allow your Holy Spirit to guide us in every decision that we make, every conversation that we have, Lord, and that we would live a life that is pleasing to you. We love you. We thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Come back and be with us next week as we begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you want to get a jump start on next week's teaching, go ahead and read through that. And we will see you back here next week. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.